Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now for our story. It was a scintillating morning. West of Los Angeles, the sunlight made the ocean look like a picture postcard, too blue to be real. At a beach house on a porch overlooking the Pacific, a young man sat waiting for breakfast. The man, tall, brown, good-looking, looked as if he had never had a worry in the world, and yet his face betrayed a bored irritability. Paul Cromwell didn't know it. But the end of his boredom was approaching that very minute in the presence of Maximilian, his general factotum. Maximilian, carrying a tray, looked far from some. Good morning, Mr. Cromwell. Haven't I already seen you this morning? Yes, sir. I just thought perhaps you could be better by now. There's nothing wrong with the way I feel, Max. Just bored. Nothing to do around here. See the same bunch of people, drink the same drinks, listen to the same endless gabble. Well, as I remember, Mr. Cromwell, when you got out of the army, you said you were going to do nothing but blow for the next year. <laughs> you didn't really take that seriously. Uh, hardly. I believe it was the next day you left for San Francisco and... Uh, Please, Matt. Must you mention that? I only thought it might remind you, Mr. Cromwell, that at least you have safety and boredom. Uh, shall I pour you coffee now? Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I almost forgot. The telegram came just a few minutes ago. Hmm. Hmm. What happened? Max. Yes, sir? Max. Things are looking up. You remember Chip Calvert? Very well, sir. Two years ago, I bet your mother cooked $10 that you'd marry Miss Calvert. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I tried. I know you did, sir. Miss Calvert was a very beautiful but difficult young woman. You never quite knew what to expect of her. So I found out. Today, Monday? Yes, Mr. Calvert. Good. Max, she's arriving today. Miss uh, Calvert? Mrs. Weed. No. Why, oh, I didn't know she was married, Mr. Calvert. Didn't I tell you? I believe the last time you mentioned Miss Calvert to me was over a year ago. You wrote me a card when you were stationed at Camp Downing. Oh, yes. You said you'd just discovered that Miss Calvert had returned to Wakefield to live with her father. Oh, that's right. Then you never mentioned her after that, Mr. Conway. No. She was already involved with the Sergeant Mead. That was a strange thing, Mark. Bill Mead, a farm boy from the Northwest. Handsome young animal. For a while, I thought perhaps that was it. But evidently, it cut deeper than that. 
It seems incredible, Mr. Carlyle. Well, when I think of Miss Talbot as we knew her back east, Shatless. She's an honest, sincere, enterprising young chap. I thought you'd imagine we'd fall in love with a sweet, innocent, small-town girl. See, uh, oh, you know, the kind of young girl who wears a ribbon around her hair and cans things in the summertime. <laughs> I can hardly imagine Miss Talbot canning. But that's the sort of girl Mead was going with when Kit met him. Peggy Douglas. Lovely little thing. But uh, hardly a match for our Kit. So Kit got him. But I have a feeling she may be getting a little bored with him, Matt. Oh? Yes. He's been married a little less than a year. Coming out to California alone. My eyebrows raised, Mr. Conway. And from this telegram, I'd say she wanted very much to see me. Yes. Well, uh, Max, it looks as if the tedium of those sun-drenched days is definitely going to be relieved. What do you think of that? I think it looks like trouble. Miss Talbot, uh, Mrs. Mead, that day, is married to the And did you remember San Francisco? Oh, don't moralize about that now. This is quite a different set of circumstances. Check on that train a little later, will you? Yes. Uh, see, see whether or not it's going to be on time. Um, then we'll, uh, we'll plan to have dinner here. What very special dinner. Yes, sir. I'm afraid you've let your breakfast get cold, Mr. Conway. Uh, shall I fix you something else? No, no, never mind. I'm not particularly hungry. Uh, I'd rather just bring you some more coffee. And you might... Well, who... That, that sounds like... It must certainly does, sir. He thought. Hello. Round front. Someone was here. Well, we didn't hear the bell ring, darling. Jesus, what a grand surprise. You look perfectly enchanting. Hello, Matt. Good to see you, Mrs. Spanner. Have you had breakfast? Oh, yes. I don't care for anything, Carl. Uh, never mind the coffee, Matt. All right, Mr. Conwell. You know, uh, Lisa, Max and I were just wishing for something pleasant to happen. Well, I'm afraid you didn't wish for me, though. Now, Lisa. Please, Carl. I never could stand your party. <laughs> Well, it's not very good, is it? <laughs> but it's good to see you. You look so safe and reassuring. <laughs> Me? <laughs> well, when did you get in from San Francisco? This morning. Yeah. Then uh, Lance didn't come with you? Evidently, you don't read the papers very carefully. Though I admit it was a very small item. What are you talking about? Lance walked out on me over two months ago, Paul. Oh, Lisa. Yes, right in the middle of our engagement at the Regency. Well, what's happened? Where is he? Oh, I don't know. And I don't care. I don't want to see him again. I don't want him to find me, Paul. You can't very well stay in hiding, Lisa, and, and have your career, too. There isn't going to be any more career. Things are different now. Oh, you mustn't be like that. Lance was a good dancer, yes, but he you... Was, he was wonderful, wasn't he? Wasn't it odd, Paul? Whenever we were dancing together, everything was all right between us. I always felt as I did the first time I ever danced with him. And I adored him so. <laughs> Remember, Paul? You used to say you hated to see me dance with him. Yes. But after all, darling, you'll be able to find someone else to work with you. Another partner... I don't know if I'll ever go back to it. But in any event, I shan't be dancing for some time because, well, 
I'm going to have a baby, Paul. Oh. Does Lance know? No. I hadn't told him when he left. Yeah. This is quite a bombshell. All the way down on the train, I imagined what you would say. I thought maybe you'd help me. Of course, darling. Of course. Only I got to think this thing over. Uh, but don't you worry. I'll see if you're taken care of. I, I tell you what. I'll have Max take you back to your hotel and... But I'm not staying at the hotel. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get a room. I brought my bags and a taxi with me. I, I thought I could stay here for a while. But it is for you. Haven't, haven't you your housekeeper living here? Yes, but I... Oh, I, I know you're annoyed with the whole thing. But I can't help you. Oh, now, now, now. Don't talk like that. And for pity's sake, don't cry. Oh, Paul, I'm so tired and... And when to have you ask us to... Well, don't worry. You can stay here, Lisa. Now, go on in the house and tell Max to get your room ready. Oh, Paul. I knew I could count on you. I feel so much better already. But the same thing could not be said for Paul Cromwell. As he watched Lisa Fenner go into the house, he wondered, as he had often done, whether she was a naive child or a scheming woman, or both. But Paul Cromwell was certain of one thing. Lisa had certainly chosen an inopportune time to arrive, with Kip expected the same day. But oddly enough, Mr. Cromwell, Lisa Fenner's presence in your house may not be as inopportune as you think. I wonder, though, why you feel a sense of responsibility for this woman. 